You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Hello, and welcome to After The Show. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. I'm putting on a real woohoo. I'm excited. <laughs> Everything's going great. Because? Remember last weekend, last week's episode. Do I remember? It, you'd probably don't Barely. <laughs> if you listened to last week's episode, we only, what, it was less than 30 minutes? Yeah, because I got hit with a very bad, bad stomach bug, literally, as we watched the movie. And then it hung around with me. It's been all week. Yesterday was the first day I felt normal, so it's been seven days. You then got it three days later and had kind of a worse reaction. And now we're kind of on the the high of feeling good again. So yeah. it's good. Yeah, we're better That's today. That's the before the after the show week. So we're going to bring you the best there's show been, you've ever heard. There's been poo and vomit and all kinds of stuff. Just I mean, throwing that out there for you. <laughs> I want to keep it inside me, that. <laughs> Terrible. We like to share. Yeah. But today we're good. Yeah, we're good. We just had a stomach bug of some kind. That was terrible. It wasn't the big C word. It one. was not any of the big C's, no. No. It was the just the regular one that used to exist before that one. Exactly. Before the after the show discussion, anything? Just us feel, talking about, well, the origins of the Chainsaw Massacre. Cha- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, we got around to that somehow. We got on to horror movies and whatnot. All right. It's Saturday, April the 2nd. This is after the show 730. We're a movie review podcast. Every week we look at a new movie. This week we're looking at the movie Scream. It's a 2022 movie. Releases on Blu-ray on April the 5th, so you can pick it up this coming week. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Paramount, who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of the movie Scream. Mm, Scream. The original. (laughs) Kind of. It's got the same name as the original. It does. has the same characters as the original. has the same story-ish as the original. Just a spoiler, I'm just saying. <laughs> You're not going to find like a twist and a turn of the genre here. No. There's a thing and somebody's killing some people and they're wearing a mask and then Nev Campbell comes back. I'm going to give you the... And the lady from Friends comes back, and the guy who she was married to comes back, and action. Here's the one off the box. 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, California, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. That's correct. That is accurate. Yes. Before we go into this, let's hear your relationship with the movie's Scream franchise. Yeah. When did you first see it? Did you see them all? I've not seen them all. I don't remember when I first saw it. Uh, What year did the first one come out? 1996. I probably went to see it in the theater, but I don't recall. And then I probably watched it again on DVD or HBO or something after that. It didn't have a huge impact on me, except I've always liked horror movies, because as we were talking about before, the after the show discussion, part of that was our generation. What are we? X? Because we were born, I was born in 1967. Yeah, X, yes. Yeah, 1967. So by the 70s is when all the slasher, Halloween, Jason, Michael, all those were kind of being born and happening. 
So by the time I was too young to watch them, I was watching them, totally into it, made a huge impression, right? And then when Scream comes around, it's like a nod to all the people like me who knew all the things, like don't go in the basement, don't go outside by yourself, don't ever try to run for the car when you don't have the keys in your pocket, all the stuff, right? All the stuff you knew because you've seen it so many times. So I identified with that, but it wasn't like a... Cornerstone. No, not at all. It just was almost... It wasn't like a joke because it took itself fairly seriously, but it just kind of made you feel part of a group, you know? Like, oh yeah, we all get We all get it. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Well, I don't remember where I saw it, but I feel like I saw it on videotape. No. Would it have been videotape in 1996? Yeah, it probably would, right? Possibly. I mean, you're on the verge. You're renting DVDs. Right, right on now. the verge of DVD. and Yeah. Yeah. I saw two. We read the synopsis of the first four movies this morning because we didn't want to go into this one not knowing what the hell not was going on. We're forgetting half of everything. So we painfully went through <laughs> the whole of Wikipedia's like plot points. I didn't find it painful. Well, I was reading it out loud. It was painful for me. Mm. It was like I was reading an audio book. It was so. fine. You were fine. <laughs> you did a fine job. So we went through the whole thing and it all felt familiar to me. So I feel like I've seen all of them. Well, they're saying that this one was eight. I know you haven't watched seven of them. No, this one's actually, this one's five. And they're, okay. they're talking about those stab movies and all, you know, the right. movies within the movies. Okay. This would be Scream 5 if it had a number. And there's also a TV show. There was a TV show. So you could count that, I guess. But no, this would be the fifth one. And I feel like I'd seen all them because all the plot points we read seemed very familiar. Again, like you, it's never been like a huge, you know, like I love The Exorcist and it's like embedded into me. Correct. And so is Evil Dead. And there are certain ones along the way. Scream was never that. And maybe it was a bit... You were older. I had you were to be grown a... up. Yeah, that was probably it. If you were a teenager when this came out, it would have been your thing. Yeah, if it? it's your introduction to horror. Right. And then you go back. See, I wonder, can you then go back? If you've never seen the original Halloween, Crystal Lake, all those, you know, Friday the 13th, any of the original slasher slashers. You mean you know, it... Hills Have Eyes and all that. If you hadn't seen it, and then you watch Scream as a teenager, because it was coming out right then. Then if you go back and you find out, oh, it's inspired by all these old movies, right? Do you go back and watch them? You're not going to have the same impact that we did. No. Then it's like a little treasure hunt. Like, oh, in Scream, the guy says, never, never go alone, you know, never go down the dark basement, right? But you're only examining the first one, the originals, for that purpose. So it's just a different generation. We weren't of it, but I appreciate it. Yeah, and what the Scream thing does is it references other horror movies, and it's self-aware of that it's like a horror movie. It knows it's a horror movie. Sometimes the characters tell you it's a horror movie, and it's got a movie within a movie within the other ones. So it's clever, would you say? Mm. Or I don't know about clever, but Trying it's... to be clever? <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that, and I like what they did here with it. Now, I see bad reviews for this movie uh, in general, and I have to say, I had a really fun time watching it. I did too. I thought it was great fun. If your idea of having fun is watching a load of people get stabbed to death. I was thinking about that. So while I'm watching it, and like I said, as a kid, I yeah. watched lots of horror movies, and the gore was just sort of like you you were young and it was naughty, I guess, to watch it, and you were just like, oh, yeah. 
It didn't have an impact on me. I'm not like a psycho killer. I don't crave blood. I don't want to see anyone get murdered. I don't want to know the experience of anyone. None of that. It didn't turn me into a psychotic person, right? No, it doesn't. None of that. But now, when I'm watching it, I'm like, uh, right. So is that a hundred is it a hundred percent necessary that it's really harsh, even though I get it? Like the stabbing and the sounds. I get it. You're you're doing the thing. A person's getting stabbed by a fictional character, but then I just wince more than I used to. And I, feel, I don't know why. I feel like this one's more extreme than the others, just because the you know, things are more extreme in general in horror. It really is extreme, this one, isn't it? When somebody gets stabbed in this one, you know about it. It's I don't know if it's extreme. It's but visceral, it's though. Visceral, yeah. I think stabbing, I've always thought this in anything. Like, when people get shot, I'm kind of, you know, in, you've seen it so often in movies and TV. You're kind of like, oh, somebody got shot. When somebody gets stabbed, it seems much more painful and intense yeah than shooting. i mean it is horrible i mean they're both terrible probably but i guess the question is for a lot of people who don't like horror because horror doesn't always mean gore and violence but this kind of slasher horror movie right why their question is why would you want that image in your head it's as if you're really watching a person getting stabbed multiple times and they're grunting and they're crying and they're they're, you know, as they gurgle and die or whatever. But I've, I've never been thinking that my brain completely disassociates it. It's like I have always known the tricks of the movie world. I never had extras when I was a kid. But you could just tell by watching shit that it was like, you know, fake blood and fake plastic wrapped around the neck that somebody slashed and then blood squirting out. I mean, I wasn't a dumb kid. So like I always knew there's trickery going on, right? Just like the trick they teach you to put your thumb in a box and put ketchup around it, you know, to make it look like your thumb's chopped off in a box. Have you ever done that? So it's almost like people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I got a magic kit. And one of the magic tricks was I had a little box and had a little piece of cotton in it. And you're supposed to put your thumb up through it or one of your fingers, I think it was your thumb, and then put like ketchup around your thumb and then it's like you're handing the box to someone when they take the lid off, your thumb's there, and then you wiggle it, like, right? So Hold, hold on. Are you 107 years old? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm halfway there. <laughs> I'm halfway to 107. That sounds like something like you would have got in the, the you know, late 1800s. <laughs> well, it was the middle 1900s, so yes. But I think that I've never associated what I'm, my brain isn't, picking it up as this is really happening, right? But I understand now that I'm older, for some reason, when you're watching it, it's like, oh, oh, is that, again, I'm going back to that thing, like, is that is that absolutely necessary? I don't feel that at all. I mm. enjoy visceral, gory things. And I don't understand, I don't know what the enjoy is. I wouldn't say yeah. I'm enjoying, but I do like the wincing feeling. I, I winced a lot in this movie because... People get stabbed and you see it. Yep. The one where it went through the neck and you can yeah. see the, in the, the face. Oh my God. Yeah. And in the face, you know, yeah, the visceral part of it is part of the scary movie to me. It's like a part of the emotions that go through you while watching something like this. Because this does have a bit of everything. It's funny in parts. It's definitely got like social commentary going on, right? 
include Only, and that's not really social commentary well it's a little bit i guess it's one very specific thing yeah are we going to address it the yeah fandom okay so in the movie well is this a big spoiler then <laughs> uh let's not say who's the baddie in this okay. movie yeah okay because not i think all. people should watch it because it's really fun and it's it fun is, to try and figure out too it is fun yeah so can well, we, let's say what the commentary is. The commentary is what's called in the world and in the internet and movie world. Oh, not just movies, right? All things. But toxic fandom. That means people who consume entertainment and or sports, which is also entertainment, right? And they are such a quote unquote fan. Also, there's a movie called Fan, right? Remember? with The, the, the fan. Yeah. He was toxic fandom. That's exactly what that was. Holy shit. That's a long time ago, too. That was uh, Bob. Wesley Snipes and uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. You're right. So the idea is fans of things, not just nowadays. Obviously, it's a thing. It's always been a thing, but now it's just the world's opened up to it, right? There's a level of people taking this shit so serious. Entitlement. Entitled to, like, it should be written the way they want it. It should be done the way they want it. And it actually affects affects their life. And I'm going to say this in a way that sounds like I'm being condescending and insulting because I am, because I don't understand. Entertainment is not life. It is good for life, right? To be entertained and have art and music and sports and video games and movies, all the stuff. Well, I consider that part of art, right? All of it. It's vital to humankind. I believe this. However, It is not life. (laughs) And the person who sat down and typed up a story and then went through hundreds and thousands of other people to get it to a screen or into a book or onto a video game console or whatever, or all the people playing the sports and all the trades and all the choices getting made by all the teams and the plays, everything, it has no thing to do with you. It is there to entertain you. It is there to be presented to you to consume and then get the fuck on with your life. And that's the way I see it. I mean, I'll talk about movies because it's kind of fun, but I can also not ever talk about it. It's not a thing to me. I don't need to sit and talk endlessly about art, even though I know a lot about art history and art, art. I don't need to sit and just like languish on it and then be like, oh, it would have been so much better if Picasso had done this one brushstroke instead of that. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's ridiculous. That sounds really snotty, but... That's how I hear these voices in my head of these people are like pissed off when a TV show or a movie or a book doesn't do what they want. I feel like that's actually some kind of, I don't even know. I don't want to say it disrespectfully, but it's like a mental illness we've developed um, maybe. What's sad about that to me is like the type of fan who is a toxic type of fan. Anything that, that they make, so say they're into Star Wars, Every Star Wars movie that comes out, apart from the original, is awful to them. Or the thing that they did love. You can't do it wrong. You can't do it right again, right? So to them, whatever you did, their idea is better. And they're just going to bitch about it. Maybe that's their entertainment, to bitch about something. (laughs) Right? Maybe that's more important to them than the actual thing. I don't know. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's kind of a... That's a problem. Definitely. Like, but it, again, it trend, it goes over all kinds of things. It covers everything and it can go into every part of life, even like but, I said, sports or the way that your company's making changes. And then you just ad nauseum constantly talk about it when you have no control. It's not about you. It's not for you. It has nothing to do with you. 
but you've consumed your life with just about it. And so that's what this is about. This sort of like you said it entitled attitude about how if somebody makes a movie and then they're going to make sequels or they're going to do other fran- you know franchise that they're now beholden to the people who have taken it so seriously, they get to decide right. all the stuff. And I, I find that a little bit vulgar, but in this context, I was like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. Good yeah. commentary. <laughs> And it's good how it's revealed. This movie's split into three acts, like literally. They actually even tell you, this is the start of the third act. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, it's really clever, I thought, the way it all kind of came together. It's a whodunit at the end of the day, right? It's like, like, they all are. Mm -hmm. And it's like that old-fashioned whodunit. You know, like Knives Out is a very prime example. It's like that. You're sat watching the characters... There's a lot of red herrings and misdirects. Maybe you're clever enough to see past them. Maybe like me, you're not. <laughs> or maybe you think, like me, I'm being a bit clever here because they're saying one thing and no, I'm not going with that. <laughs> I'm going with the other thing. and Maybe I'm an idiot like because I can't figure it out. But So what you're saying is I'm smart and <laughs> you are not. But in, it is a, it's a, it's a big puzzle and it's all on the screen. If you pay attention, it's all there to try and figure out. And that's what I kind of like about it, because it's old-fashioned in that respect. Very old-fashioned. But then in the middle of the movie, the modern part of it is, it's got this commentary about toxic fandom and how movies should be made and expectations and we're going to kill people who you might not think and all that sort of stuff, right? It plays with all the tropes. So that's what I enjoy about it. That's what Scream is and what it's always been. Is this different to the others? No. Maybe. I couldn't put my finger on it at the end. I was like, is that just a rehash of the first one? I feel like it is, but again, it's enough interesting and the different people to make me interested. They even make fun of like, they even say specifically characters, this comes out of their mouths that, hey, we're the new characters and they're the legacy characters. Yeah. So that comes out and you're like, yes. And, you know, I don't have a huge connection to the legacy characters of Scream, but something inside me when I see Dewey is I'm like, oh, I remember Dewey. I'm kind of bonded with him in some way. Oh, there's the main characters. It's like when I watch Star Wars, when Luke comes on the screen, I'm like, there's my Luke. (laughs) There's my Luke. (laughs) You know? So you felt like there's my Dewey? (laughs) It it did. Weirdly, it did that to me, this movie. But that's just... You know, they're playing with your heartstrings and they're like, look, here's somebody you, here's a character you remember from before. But they also make fun of that. So I like that. I thought it was really fun. It is very visceral and gory, but it it's a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, right? The whole thing. It's tongue-in-cheek. However, the performances, and people can laugh at me or be like, oh, right, I roll. I thought they were really good. Like, there were... The people who were supposed to be a little bit over the top and like teenage, blah, who they, none of them could be possibly teenagers. They were just enough of the annoying over the top horror characters, right? Just enough. And then the uh, the young lady and her sister, they were really good. Yeah. Like, and then Nev and 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 they're supposed to be at friends. high school. These people, right? Yeah. But you even said at the beginning, why are they all in a bar drinking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like they're not I mean, ha- they're not town, drinking in somebody's basement. They're in a small bar. Small town might let the group of teenagers come play pool, and of course they bring their own booze, which is you know. Uh, right. So we can't question it too deeply. But 
I'm just saying they're not teenagers, I don't think. I mean, no, I don't think so either. They're definitely over 20, most of them. I don't know about that, but yeah, well, if they're not teenagers. Maybe not the youngest girl. Yeah, maybe. At first I thought she was the girl from the Robinsons, but she's not. I can see why you thought that, but Yeah. yeah, she's not. All right, so let's move on to the cast. I don't want to spoil the movie, like I said, so I don't want to go into the ending. Don't want to. Okay. Watch okay. the watch it. Watch the scream. <laughs> Nev Campbell returns as Sydney Prescott. What did you think? Uh, she was fine. I mean, I'm not that attached to Sydney, so she. Even if they hadn't had her in here, I probably would have been like, oh, okay, that's fine. I did like Nev Campbell as an actress back in the day. There was a lot of movies she was in, right? Uh, she didn't, you know what you did last summer? and I don't know if there's like, a lot. There's a few. Yeah. Um, so I think you're mis- you're blowing it up more. I liked her in this. I liked her when she... Uh, she was kind of like over it. And... Like, ugh, you know, yeah. here we go again and just got to deal with it. We've also got David Arquette as Dewey Riley. See? My Dewey. You too. <laughs> um, David Arquette always... Uh, for some reason, I don't know if you feel this, he seems really sad. I said that. Well, I just said it. Yeah, but I said it before you said it. <laughs> I said while we were watching the movie, he always seems so sad. Is it just his character, Dewey's sad? I mean, Dewey's sad because Well, you he's, watch him on Howard, so you know. He just he seems funny and jovial on there because he's putting on an act, possibly. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know this person. But Dewey's supposed to be sad. He's uh, had a breakup with his lady and he's... In he's the bottom been of a stabbed bottle. nine times. Yeah. Yeah. He's had a hard time. I liked him in this, let me say. Yeah. Courtney Cox is, um, I put Ga- Gail Weathers. That's right. Gail Weathers. She's the uh, reporter, the roving reporter. What did you think? I thought she was fine. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of any of these individual people. I'm not a big Friends fan or anything like that. So they're not special to me or like precious. So, but when she and Dewey are talking, I was like, okay, she's, I mean, they were married. In real life. Yes, they were. so there had to be some, like, some of those tears were probably, I don't know. Again, they're actors, so who knows. But I feel like they were all three fine. We've got Jack Quaid, who we liked in The Boys, mm-hmm. plays Richie Kirsch. I like Jack Quaid um, quite a bit. And you always say he reminds you of our nephew. Yes, he does. He's got that kind of... Except our nephew is bald now, so Jack's going to have to... Shave his head. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a few years when Jack shaves his head, you'll be like, yeah, that looks like I know. Yes. Jack did a good job here. Yes. Marley Sheldon, who's one of my favorites, Judy Hicks. If you want to watch a cool film with Marley Sheldon in, it's the Grindhouse double feature. She's in both Planet Terror and what's the other one? The Quentin Tarantino one. Mm. Death Proof. Death Proof. So was she the one with the numb hands? No, that was Heather. Mally Shelton's in um, both the... Right, but who's the one with the numb hands and can't get in the car? That's uh, Kill Bill. A different movie no. completely. No, no, no. It's in the... It's in... Um... Yeah, she has got numb hands in that. Wasn't She's it? a nurse in um Okay, that's Planet her. Terror. It's yeah. not Heather Graham. No, that's not Heather Graham. That's okay. Shelton. Well, this late, that's what I thought. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, that's one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. <laughs> it's yeah. when... No, I know Kill Bill is numb all over and she gets her toe yeah. wrinkle. But in this other one, what's the name of it? Planet Terror. Planet Terror. She gets injected with like numbing stuff. Yes, her that's hands, so, yeah. yeah. Her hands are totally, she can't <laughs> grasp the door and the car and the gun. And oh my God, she does. Then she's just sort of like zombieing around. Yep. I like her a lot. I put her in any horror movie. I think she's awesome. <laughs> and then I also put down, these are the our newcomers. Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter. 
and Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter. That's the older and the younger one. And they're our kind of new blood for this franchise. What do you think of these two? But they're really good. I like it when they have to... Am I sounding like a broken record? Because, I mean, I just think they sound really good. But I like these two. thought they were good. I bought them as... I bought the danger. The opening scene messes with you as well. If you've seen any opening scene to uh, Scream, this is like a shot for shot almost of the first one, right? But with different uh, outcomes, let's say. I like that. So this is directed by Matt Bertinelli Open and Tyler Gillette. They did, uh, you know, the movie Ready or Not? Do you remember that? We reviewed it. Yes. It was really cool. Like a, what was that exactly? Why was she being hunted in the? Because uh, that was their thing. It's like she's getting married to like a aristocratic dude and the family have this sick game that they have to play in the mansion. She has to survive the whole night, didn't she? That was it. Like um, yes. by hiding. And they came after her. They were all like sick fucks. It was really cool. So you describe it like that after having said that you really loved it. <laughs> yeah, I did love it. These guys also did some segments for the VHS movies. Do you remember those? Like uh, anthology movies. I never actually, I don't think I ever watched those. We saw the first one. I'm sure we did. I don't, I mean, it's really old. So I don't know why you and I would watch it together. It's not really old. It's like, I think it came out like around 20. VHS? Yeah. No. Yeah, it wasn't on VHS. It was like a tribute to like stuff that was on VHS. Mm. And then there was a couple of them, maybe more than that, but they were from the 2000s. Maybe 2000? I don't recall that, so I don't know. I have to trust you. But that's these guys. I think this was directed quite well. It's like they didn't use their style, it didn't seem. They just wanted it to be like a screen movie. It really was. Stylistically, it kind of hung in there. It wasn't fancy or trying to be too much, you know? Just trying to be. It looked good. It sounded good. It had the scares in the right places and all that kind of stuff. Did you jump at all or anything like that? A couple of times I was like, oh, God. I mean... The stabbing through the Wince, face. More yes. than jumps. <laughs> yeah, and don't remember any jump scares. But I don't it wasn't that. really going for jump scares, was it? It was more like Mr. X. So it was you- trying, because you know the old trick where the music is building and the refrigerator doors open, and you know that when they shut the refrigerator door, there's going to be somebody behind it. And then there wasn't. There was and a then, lot of the. And then he wasn't. Turned, turned around and he wasn't. And then she opens the door and it wasn't. So there was the trying to make you go like, oh God. Yeah. Like, like lean back in your chair. Somebody more like involved than me and you. Not involved. That's the wrong word. Somebody more active. Is that the word? <laughs> Reactive. Reactive. <laughs> <laughs> active and involved. Yeah. Somebody who's like, oh, 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 all the time maybe would have a. Hard yes. time with this movie. So we reviewed the 4K disc and it did come with some extras, deleted scenes, behind the deleted scenes with the cast, the legacy of Wes Craven. This movie is dedicated to Wes Craven in a big way, right? So if you are a fan of Wes, they really yeah, totally. put it out there. In fact, the last third of the movie has the words for Wes <laughs> on the screen most of the time. Which is fun. <laughs> And then we've also got the filmmaker commentary. So there are a bunch of extras. You know, if you're a fan, the filmmaker commentary is probably going to be right up your street. So let's go into the IMDb reviews. What are those? Those are reviews that you like to go find on the little website called internetmoviedatabase.com or IMDb for short. And you look for, they have this system. Maybe people don't know this. Maybe this is the first internet experience anyone's ever had listening to this podcast. Well, you can go out there. People write reviews, right? And they give it stars. One out of five. 
is the lowest. And you like to find the one out of fives because you like to make fun of them with a funny voice. Yeah. So here we go. These are the a few. Well, let's do three of the one out of fives. Here we go. Number one says, please stop making these screen flicks. Every time they bring another to the screen, I come running because I know it can't get any worse. It's got to get better. Sadly, the only way to save the franchise is if Sydney and Gale become the killers. So there's that one. Well, here, what are we saying <laughs> about the, the fans? The people who decide they get to write it. Exactly. Here's a little clue for that, per a tip for that person. Don't go watch them. Second person says, unwatchable. The plot doesn't make any sense at all. Whoever wrote this should quit their job immediately. The end. Oh my. And number three, it's a very terrible movie without any story. Not recommended for anyone, just a waste of time. Very weak, very weak judgment all around. I wonder if the writer even read the story before production. <laughs> Lots of bugs in the story. This person's obsessed with the story. Also, I feel like they didn't get the point. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're sort of feeding the beast, so to speak, right? Yeah. The toxic fandom thingy. And I'm not saying don't criticize things. That's not what I'm saying. It's fine. Oh, we'll criticize things. <laughs> but this thing of like, well, I could have done it better. And it's a waste of my life to have experienced it. But I sat through the whole thing so I could come to IMDb and write this review. <laughs> So, in conclusion, I am going to give Scream a 7 out of 10. Fantastic. Me too. Perfect. So, there we go. Highly, I recommend it. That's why I didn't want to spoil it. So, go and watch it. Next week, we're going to review a brand new movie called Death on the Nile. Have you heard of that one, Sid Talk? Uh, I think so. It's directed by Mr. Kenneth Branagh. You know, You know that guy. And it star stars Gal Gadot. Next week, we're going to review that one. Movie recommendations. These aren't movies. I'm going with two TV shows. One is The Boys, because of Jack Quaid in this movie. I recommend you watch The Boys. But What if the person you're talking to has no interest in The Boys? Then don't watch The Boys. <laughs> you have to have a strong stomach, and you also have to not be offended. But <laughs> it's a different take on superheroes, and it is quite extreme, let's say. But the... The boys is... Is there anyone left who can't, who isn't going to be offended? Maybe. I mean, you and I, I'm not easily offended at all, but somebody will be. But the boys is quite a thing, and uh, season three is coming up very shortly. And my other one is there's a girl in this movie who I was racking my brains to. I was like, who is that? Who is that? And it's a girl from Yellow Jackets, mm -hmm. which we watched also recently, which I was very in love with. You really were. I really thought it was quite good. So Yellow Jackets is a Showtime show, and uh, there's a new season coming before the end of the year. Sid Talk, what are your recommendations? Recommendations. I'm going back to the 1990s, if no one's been paying attention. I am going back, and I forget what year I'm in, maybe 1992-ish. I'm going to give you five names of movies, not because they're related to this movie whatsoever. I'm just telling you all the movies I've ever watched, and I'm doing the 90s. And so we've got Deep Cover, Lawrence Fishburne, and... Jeff, what's his face? I've seen that one. Independence Day. For some reason, it had a huge impact, me on, impact on me at the time whenever I watched it, and I'm sure I watched it on VHS. Rented it at some point, probably from the store where I worked, and watched it with a series of other movies, and I was just really into it. Lethal Weapon 3, Alien mm -hmm. 3, Bad Lieutenant of the actual back in the day, not like the new Nicolas Cage one, but like the one, and Far and Away. 
It's a good variety there. Far yep. and away, like Tom Cruise, Bad Lieutenant, and Deep Cover are both kind of like dark hop. You know, at the time it was kind of a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. And mm. Alien 3 is like a very different Alien movie. Yeah, but I liked it. I also liked Halloween 3. So I'm one of those people. Yeah. And Lethal Weapon 3, which probably wasn't fine. <laughs> I don't mm. know. I don't remember it, so I don't know. But I know I've seen it. I remember Lethal Weapon 4 more. It had uh, Chris Rock in it. I thought 3 had Chris Rock in it. Oh, maybe 3 and 4. No, 3 had What's-His-Face, Joe Pesci, I think. Oh. He'd show up in 3. Maybe. Yes, and he was super annoying. But, you know, it exists, and there you go. Go watch it. Enjoy. Uh, Oscars, it was the Oscars this weekend. I was going to ask you, nothing special happened at the Oscars, remember? It was just regular Oscars. But do you remember what the best picture was? Uh, I don't remember, because I didn't watch it. Uh, but you have it here listed, so I could cheat if you want. Yeah. Best picture was CODA. Do you know what CODA stands for? I don't. It's Child of Deaf Adults. And it's a movie about a child with deaf okay. parents. Okay. So uh, we were going to see that s- soon. It does sound very intriguing. Also, you know, um, I don't think many people know what the best picture was this year. Mm-mm. That's all I'm going to say. So next up, we watched a, a Marvel TV show this week. The first episode, Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac. I really, really enjoyed it. I what did, did you too. Think? I liked it. Yeah, it's very. It feels a bit different to the other Marvel things. It's, well, I don't know about that. It felt a bit chaotic to me, like, hmm, like I, like I'm being banged in the face with a pan. Oh, I did not get that vibe at all. Because Wait. like you're in this guy, and it's and it, you don't know what's going on, and it feels and it's very and it's all over the place. I mean, it'll probably settle down, but this first episode was like being slapped over the head with something. Okay, I didn't get I didn't in a good way. Feeling so that's interesting. Yeah, I've seen people online. You know these idiots. (laughs) Those ones. I didn't do the voice this week, but that voice. I've seen people. Oscar Isaac's accent is really bad, (laughs) but he's playing a another person who's from London. It is a. It's pretty accurate London accent to me. I've heard a lot of London peeps. You know what I'm saying? I mean, are you defending him because you're kind of in love with Poe Dameron? I think that's what's happening. I do like there. Oscar Isaac. I think he's very good. I know you do. <laughs> so I think maybe you're a little <laughs> bit on the bias. But the side bi- of the accent didn't do. It didn't. I didn't even think of it. I was like, no, I'm into it. I'm into this character. Anyway, th- it seems like this thing's going to have a lot of twists and turns because who knows what's going on? Hundred percent, right? Yeah, it seems. I mean, it's interesting. So I'm. I, I mean, I like all the Marvel shows. I think so far. There hasn't been a bad one. I don't think. Really? I mean, bad is subjective. And we've literally seen them all, every single minute of all of them, right? Isn't how proud you are. I am proud of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that is it. Next week, I'll look at this new game that I got called Green Hell. So look for that next week. The game Green Hell. I'll take a look at it. I know what you're talking about. It's uh, apparently a survival game. You're going to survive. Okay. All right. So we'll see what that is next week. What's for dinner? Well... As we mentioned before, we've both been unwell all week today, and we haven't eaten a meal since, have we? We've I made some soup. We've had crackers, cheese, toast. We've not yeah, been just on our real normal. basic yeah, things. Yeah, kind of keeping it. That's seven days of that shit, which is <laughs> fine. But 
Uh, tonight, you have requested Freddy's Burger. So Freddy's is not sponsored or anything, but Freddy's make like a bean burger. We're vegetarian. Yeah, it's really why good. We're telling you what we eat because we, we're not starving to death and we're not tree huggers and we're not animal activists. We just don't eat meat anymore. We're not vegan. But there's a lot of food in the world for vegetarians. And Freddy's has a bean burger that you are fondly remembering and thinking that your stomach can handle it. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, we're going for it. Freddy's Burger. And what is your advice? And then we'll get out of it. Well, my advice isn't really advice. I don't know that's shocking to you. (laughs) But I've just thought lately about I have issues sometimes with people. I know that's surprising. Oh, really? (laughs) I'm a bit of a strong personality. Again, not shocking to anyone actually knows me. I do not like bullshit. And I don't like a lot of people, like I can instantly meet someone and be like, oh, and I was trying to figure out what is it? Is it just me being stubborn? Am I just close minded? Am I? But no, because I look at the breadth of people that I know, the differences between the extreme of people that I know and love and care about deeply in life. And there's a very wide range. I mean, we're talking, you know, everything from someone who does movies for personal porn sites, right? That's not me, everybody. That's That's not not you. Which is, I mean, that's not a thing. I I have no problem with freedom freedom of people doing their thing, right? At all. It's just that that versus maybe someone on the other end of my spectrum who would absolutely be completely disgusted and horrified by the thought of that. And yet I love them equally. They are individual people, right? So I, I... I'm interested in all kinds of people. So I figure, okay, I'm not close-minded. When I meet someone and I almost instantly get this like, ugh, like feeling of no, right? And I'm trying to think, what is it? What is it? What is it? And sometimes after I've known someone for enough time, I have to be exposed. It could be someone at work. I'm just saying that there is a difference to me in people who try to influence other people And people who try or maybe without even trying inspire you or other people, right? So what I mean is like someone who tries to influence, it's like this, and I'm making this face and I have a fist made up and my face is all wrinkly because they're trying to influence you. There's just like this, this is what I think and this is what I'm doing and this is what you're going to do and this is how you're going to act and this is what, and my expectations are this and blah, blah, blah. And there's this like, It may not even be forceful like that. It may just be like the bottom line is you are either going to do what I'm influencing you to do and be the way I want you to be, or you're still going to have to be what I want you to be. Like you don't have an option. They're just trying to influence you either through coercion or manipulation or threat of some degree, right? Not like overt violent threat, but you, you all know what I'm saying. And then there are the people who you meet and you almost instantly get this feeling that they are, they want you to feel whatever they have to offer or say to you or what they're, what they believe or think they want to kind of inspire you to take that nugget, whatever they're offering, right? Whatever they say and how they live and what they do. And then you take that and like turn it into your own thing. Like you utilize this and you, you take that and rearrange it and manipulate it inside your own self and then you know, make your own diamond out of it, right? Crush it down and make your own thing. And it could be like at work where somebody's just like, this is how you need to be and this is how you should act. And someone who's like, well, you know what? This is how I would do it. 
This is how it's worked in the past. Take that. And now you probably have more ideas and maybe even a better way and like run with it. And they might get the same result. You might end up doing it the way that they originally wanted you to do it or thought that it should be done. But the inspiration versus the influence or the hammering it into you is so different. And I feel like I have like this. I'm not magical or anything. I'm not one of those people who has magic in them. I don't believe there is anyone. Yeah, what about Davy Blaine? But I almost feel like it's an I instantly get the vibe from people. Like whatever the conversation is, when I first meet someone, they're either trying to be an influencer, like demand that you be what they want you to be, or they're an inspirer and they want you to like kind of connect with them and like weave into what their world a little bit more, not just be like a carbon copy of them. So it's like influence versus inspiration. And I would rather not be an influencer because I find that super obnoxious anyway in the world today. But well, you're on this show, so you are an influencer. <laughs> I'm not an influencer. If I've influenced anyone's opinion on any movie, then that's not my problem. <laughs> I want you to take what I say and then make your own movie opinion diamond out of it. <laughs> All right. So, ascoli.com, that's where you can go for this podcast. You can make a diamond out of that. <laughs> oh, well, it is a diamond, isn't it? <laughs> you can go Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, ascoli.com, anchor.fm slash after the show, Spotify iTunes, everywhere that podcasts are available. You can also email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Do not email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your email. That's not correct, but I mean, I don't read every email, so you might be disappointed. <laughs> and I want to say, stay classy, Mr. Wes Craven, and rest in peace. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>